1: Welcome back to Turf Show Times the podcast. I'm Kenneth Arthur and with me this week from Turf Show Times is JB Scott, uh one of our I'm going to say premier writers out there at Turf Show Times covering the Rams. Uh even in fact the Super Bowl champion Rams of the 2021 season and we're going to find out if the Rams can be the first team to repeat since the 0304 Patriots, it's been a long time since anyone's done that. What has stu- stood in the way of the last, uh, you know, 16 or 17 uh, attempts to repeat, you know, and what, what are the Rams going to do differently? Maybe it's not what the Rams are going to do differently. Maybe it's just the fact that the gauntlet is uh, cleared up a little bit in the NFC seems to have migrated to the AFC for a while so me and uh, JB we're going to talk about the state of the Los Angeles Rams and we're also going to talk about the state of the NFL as a whole and uh, we're going to take a look at the depth charts in the NFC and the other uh, rosters and where the Rams stand and the salary cap and all that so stay tuned to see us go over what's going on right now as of april 4th i believe uh maybe by the time you're watching this april 5th uh the state of the rams post free agency pre-draft which you know the rams will make their eight or seven picks or whatever that they end up with and uh, that's all great but probably not going to have a huge impact on this upcoming season um, and we'll talk about that probably too but uh, JB uh, w- welcome first of all to the podcast and uh, thanks for you know for those uh, fans out there there might be some who were a part of uh, listening to the last minute thoughts podcast uh, that you and Rob Put out every week on Saturdays uh to give the last minute thoughts on the Rams um maybe we could do a, a quick last minute thoughts right now you know what are your uh last minute thoughts as a uh, free agency is wrapping up here for the Rams in the NFL sure
0: well I sure picked a good first year to start covering the Rams for Torch show times uh Absolutely. it was exciting year and I mean while they won the Super Bowl the first year with Matthew Stafford at the helm and probably even fair to expect improvement from him and other acquisitions uh, moving forward too so uh, just absolutely incredible it'd be rare air to run it back and win it for the second year in a row because I mean just hasn't happened in 20 or so years but they seem prime they're reloading and they're as good as they were at this time last year probably so it's there's still plenty of reasons to be optimistic as a Rams fan.
1: Yeah, absolutely. What uh, you know, I'm going to look at a screen here right now, show everyone uh the state of the Rams depth chart, you know, and we're looking at a roster that looks pretty similar to the one that just won the Super Bowl probably. You know, nothing becomes a greater focus than the quarterback position these days. It seems to be the only thing that uh, people even talk about to some degree is uh, these quarterbacks. And the Rams have a pretty good one. As you mentioned there, Matthew Stafford, the first season of Matthew Stafford, after he had left the Lions, you know, 12 years with the Lions zero and three in the playoffs one year with the Rams four and zero oh in the playoffs, obviously having a good team around you can help JB. When you're looking at the Rams offensive depth chart, uh, starting with, you know, where LA is at before we get to the other NFC teams, uh, what stands out to you here, uh, as far as new additions, guys that are gone concerns, strengths, what stands out to you here with uh, the Rams depth chart? Uh, a lot of these starters. Sure.
0: You really had those three key free agents uh, at the onset of free agency. Uh, They retained Joseph Noteboom and Brian Allen, of course. Uh, Brian Allen kind of a surprise emergent contributor last year whenever we thought Austin Corbett maybe was going to be the starting center coming into training camp, but now he's the one that ends up leaving. And yeah, have a hole at right guard and maybe Coleman Shelton's an option. Maybe Bobby Evans. Uh, We know he came into training camp, slated it as a starter at right guard last year, but just didn't hold up to it. And, Maybe it was a big reason why Corbett was forced to move back to right guard. So maybe the Rams, maybe Tremaine Ankrum is another option. But maybe the Rams they need to maybe find a developmental piece in the draft, someone who can come in and uh, hopefully the answer's on the roster. Really, free agency is a time to fill those needs, and you can look towards the future in the draft too. But it was a big, it was a big, and important move for the Rams to retain Boom and Allen, and hopefully they can find someone to plug in at right guard.
1: Yeah, with uh, the offensive line, you know, it's interesting, as we saw there, that uh, for Joseph Nopum, it was interesting that he's 26. You know, this is almost feels like a guy who, if he was in the draft, he would be an old player in the draft, not the oldest, especially, you know, there's been other guys out there um, who have had, uh, you know, like Garrett Bowles, and uh, he was he was 25 years old when he got drafted by the Broncos in the first round. And, and you look at him now, you know, the Bulls is a franchise left tackle and the Broncos are happy to have him. And the Rams re-signed Joseph Nopum. He's 26. And if he was going into the draft, he'd be a guy who you could, uh, you know, not just claim, but know for sure is capable of starting at left tackle in the NFL. Um, and whether or not he will play at a super high level is yet to be determined. You know, I think comparing him to say the Andrew Whitworth of the last couple of years, maybe there's not that huge of a difference, but are you getting a 26 year old Andrew Whitworth? You know, I don't know if that's going to be the case. Um, And that's going to be an interesting transition. You talked about the interior of the offensive line, losing uh, Austin Corbett, who I thought had played pretty well. And I I think I was ended up being higher on Corbett than most. Um, And I do think like at the very least we can expect some sort of, Change here when you go from Corbett to either Bobby Evans or Coleman Shelton, or uh, as you said, uh, Tremaine Ankrum. You know, all those options there um, are still very unknown. You know, we've seen that the Rams last year could win a Super Bowl patch working in the offensive line, but we also saw the year before that you know, it's like Austin Blythe, was he, you know, of great center to be ready for, you know, are you going to get lucky with uh, Brian Allen, uh, like you did with Brian Allen, are you going to get lucky with whoever fills in uh, at right guard? So that's interesting. Also, the addition of Allen Robinson. Uh, What do you think JB with regards to after Cooper Cup and Allen Robinson right now? You know, a lot of people are wondering what's going to happen with Odell Beckham Jr. And uh, if he'll come back to the Rams, uh, what do you think as far as Van Jefferson, Tutu Atwell, are the Rams going to end up meeting Odell Beckham Jr.?
0: Yeah. I mean, you really have a lot of different flavors, right? If that's what you want to call them receivers, Cooper Cup, Van Jefferson kind of in the same mold, Allen Robinson, maybe you throw Jacob Harris and that more physical receiver mold. And then Tutu Atwell, they acquired both Deshaun Jackson and Atwell a season ago. So there's obviously a role in this offense that Sean McVay feels is necessary to onboard such a specific type of player. Um, maybe Atwell's going to be more the gadget type, the jet sweeps and such. Maybe he's going to help use Atwell to push the ball down the field. So I think there's a lot of different flavors. Uh, that's not necessarily something the Rams had entering the season, definitely in 2020 when they saw Jared Goff. A um, little bit more so in 2021 to Matthew Stafford, but really they have – the important thing with the Sean bay offense that they've adapted since 2018 is the ability to counter punch whenever defenses initially have their number. And really they have all the different skill sets that you need. A lot of different flavors, a lot of different answers to, um, if they're going to go man heavy, you maybe use the more physical receivers Cooper cut van Jefferson can obviously work underneath in the zones too. So they have answers if you take things in a way initially. And I think that's really important. That's important whenever you're trying to repeat and you get in situations and it's crunch time and you really need people to come through for you.
1: Yeah, we're looking at, uh, or I was looking at the um, results from last season. You know, you had Cooper Cup, you had Van Jefferson. Do you think that Van Jefferson, like, do you think that Van Jefferson is potentially, like, a guy that will be, let's just say, starting in the NFL in four years?
0: Yeah, I mean, I think he's probably a 1,000-yard receiver on another team when he has a higher volume of targets, probably. But just on this Rams offense, he might be capped at, especially if they re-sign Odell, between six and 800 yards a year. Yeah. And you've seen him with the deep touchdowns. That's kind of a – that's not really something you saw from him in Florida or all Miss. So, it's definitely something he's added to his game. And uh, if something happens to Cooper Cup, I think he'd be a great replacement in that regard, short-term or maybe even long-term if need be.
1: And some people also uh, have had issues, I think, with drafting Tutu Atwell in the second round last year, ever since the pick was made. And so if you were against the pick, you've had no reason to change your mind because Tutu Atwell hasn't really gotten onto the field. Uh, And if you were fine with the pick or even for the pick, you know, you just don't have really anything to add to your argument other than you know, Tutu Atwell, you don't, I, I don't judge anybody good or bad. I don't judge you on your rookie season. You know, it's like something to keep an eye on. Maybe, you know, rookie season is like, Oh, I'll put a pin in that. And maybe it'll continue to be the case, but the guys are going through so much that first year that you know and it can just be a, a certain circumstances that make a guy look really good in his first year and then all of a sudden he disappears or you know a guy like uh, tutu atwell if he gets injured or you know just uh, a guy like van jefferson who didn't play that much as it during his rookie season um i asked you about van jefferson in four years let me ask this is tutu atwell starting in the nfl in two years
0: man i have no idea on that one <laughs> <And I> know- <laughs> I know we say he had got no playing time, but in the preseason with Bryce Perkins, he was one of the most targeted receivers uh, during the the three preseason games. So he definitely got a lot of looks back then and he hauled in a lot of catches. So that's at least a little bit of a positive note and a positive development there. So obviously Matthew Stafford is a much better quarterback than Bryce Perkins. Um, We'll see what his role with the Rams is moving forward. Perkins, of course, but um, maybe with a little bit more arm talent, the ability to push the ball down the field, that's something Perkins struggles with. Maybe you really see the full Tutu Atwell, but the guy hasn't even had a chance. Let's not be too tough on him yet.
1: Yeah, absolutely. Let's give him a chance. I really like Tutu Atwell's, uh story. I think he's got a lot of, uh you know, I hate to say cliche, meaningless terms like heart, but, you know, I just think he's a football player. You know, he's, he's the smallest football player maybe in the league but I still think he's like a football player. And if you give him a chance, he could really become a fan favorite. Uh, We talk a little bit here about the offense. Uh, Let's go to the defense. I'm going to share my screen again and take a look at the depth chart here at the defense, JB. Uh, Defensive line, it's a notable loss, Sebastian Joseph Day, even though Sebastian Joseph Day was lost at the middle of last season and, and the Rams went on to win the Super Bowl and were fine. Um, Aaron Donald, Greg Gaines, Sean Robinson, and then you've got some of these unknowns here like Bobby Brown, who is one of the uh, youngest players in the NFL. I think he might have been the youngest player in the NFL last year, uh, at least maybe the youngest drafted player in the NFL last year. And still going to be one of the youngest guys in the league. And uh, it's kind of an undersized uh, defensive tackle. Um, Michael Hoyt, Joanna Williams, Ernest Brown, the fourth Marquise Copeland. So defensive line, you know, the Rams, it's a lot of the same names again, uh, not a lot of difference here uh, as there wasn't in the last couple of years when a guy would you know when these guys they become really really familiar once they uh, be become con- conditioned in your brain through so many training camps and the draft and you know the practice squad and the Rams really hang on to guys and, and commit to developing them like they did with Greg Gaines and like they're doing it seemingly with Michael Hoyt and Jonah Williams making the roster last year and then Ernest Brown you know coming back even though he was cut last year coming back again Marquise Copeland sticking around since 2019 and he's got a chance here to really make the roster and make some noise of course the big name at linebacker at as an addition bobby wagner right after the loss of von miller and ernest jones leonard floyd uh expected to be starters there i would say the other position outside linebacker far from decided of course here at ourlads.com they've got terrell lewis but we know how unlikely it may be for terrell lewis to be uh starting i think at this point you know until he proves that he can uh, play uh, consistently and, you know, without being limited and have limitations, you know, he hasn't proven that quite yet in the NFL, Justin Hollins, Traven Howard, uh, Christian Roseboom, again, a guy who left, came back. Um, and then looking at the cornerback spots, Robert Rochelle, Jalen Ramsey, David Long, uh, at, at, you know, potentially in those cornerback spots, because there, there's not really a lot of other knowns here, Kareem or Tyler Hall. Uh, clearly I would say still a need to get some more depth and competition at the cornerback spots, but the Rams went into last season with David Long and it looked to, to be a problem right from, tr- uh, training camp and preseason it, uh, the whole time. It looked like David Long could be, uh, an issue for the Rams secondary. And, the Rams didn't really do anything about, it. you know, they just said, okay, you know, we're going to mitigate these issues by having really great players elsewhere and making up for them. And, you know, it kind of works. So that seems to be the case again, right now. And, uh, Kareem Moore had a good camp and everything in a preseason last year. So maybe he'll work his way up. And then you've got Jordan Fuller returning from injury, Taylor Rapp, Nick Scott, Terrell Burgess, um, looking at the defense here, uh, what stands out to you now, JB, do you think that, When you've got Bobby Wagner, Aaron Donald, Leonard Freud, Greg Gaines, Ashawn Robinson, Jalen Ramsey, Jordan Fuller, uh, do you think that maybe the Rams could even have a better defense than offense next season? Do you think that that might end up uh, being the case?
0: Yeah, it all starts with the ability to stop the quarterback, right? And part of that's coverage. And then it's also twofold with how much pressure you can get. And it requires elite athletes at the edge position. And they lost an elite athlete in Von Miller. And really, they had kind of bookend elite athletes in Leonard Floyd and Von Miller. So that's a big loss with where the Rams draft in the third round or later. You can't really find it. You're either going to find the elite athletes who are also good football players go very, very early on in the draft. So you're probably looking at a project, a great athlete who is pretty raw at football still. So it's not something you can just necessarily go out and find. Um hopefully maybe they can find a veteran like Jerry Hughes or something to plug in in the short term. But they did draft these developmental players a year ago, the Bobby Browns, the Ernest Brown, um, Robert Rochelle. Those guys are freak athletes for the most part that have a lot of have a lot to learn about football. And you know, it's really on the coaching staff to plug those in. And really there's no reason to think that they can't do that because they've done it year after year under Leslie and Sean McVeigh since 2017.
1: Let's uh, say then, uh, where do you stand here on the Rams? You know, the, the Rams won the Super Bowl last year, very close to not even reaching the Super Bowl um, and and not winning the Super Bowl. So it's like we can judge them off of that result and we, or we can judge them off of process and whether or not the process that Les Snead and Sean McVay are going through every year is working hard to deny that making two Super Bowls in four years winning one of them um, and really I think three of those seasons to 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 continue to have winning records and make the playoffs you know 11 and 5 13 and 3 and and nine and seven with Jared Goff I'm sorry I think that's pretty impressive you know and I know that uh, there are still people who have a lot of Goff belief and that's totally fine nothing against Jared Goff but that much success with Jared Goff and then the first year to get Matthew Stafford to go out and win it uh JB I mean how do you rate the process here for Les Nade and Sean McVay do you think that they've kind of earned our benefit of the doubt as they go along
0: yeah it's hard you really have to take winning the Super Bowl out of the equation just because so many things have to go your way have to break your way injuries we saw if Odell Beckham gets hurt in the NFC championship game versus the Super Bowl maybe we're not having the same kind of conversations, of course. So these things are on a razor's edge and they can break your way or they cannot break your way. But at the end of the day, Matthew Stafford, he's kind of a volatile quarterback. You're going to get his best days. You're going to get some rough days. Uh, We saw against the Vikings, he could have easily had, you know, five, six interceptions possibly. So, um, you know, he was one of the better quarterbacks from start to finish in the playoffs, but you could also get one of those games where things fall apart. And I know it it was a possibility entering the playoffs last year just because they got it done this year doesn't mean it's, you know, completely out of the equation. So certainly I can see that doing him and eventually, but really think you can put it together that high level of play for extended periods of time. They're going to be one of the best teams in the NFL, uh, hands down year over year. So, but how much, how long can you depend on that? Of course.
1: <laughs> yeah. You know, it's, it's hard to deny the, uh, you know, if you're just looking one year ahead, then it's hard to deny the Rams have, Stafford cup, Allen Robinson, Donald, you know, Wagner, Ramsey, Floyd. It's like you go along, you know, they, they managed to keep Joseph note uh, all these things where, um, it seems like if you're just looking one year ahead, it looks great. But if you're looking three years ahead, no matter how you slice it, you know, increase cap, uh in you know restructuring contracts got guys retiring getting released whatever no matter how you slice it you know the rams are going to have to really i think find great value out of their third and uh day three picks you know because that there are going to be so many uh complications with um having the dead money that the rams have managed to get away from year after year but you've got like i wrote recently uh over 100 million dollars committed to just three players in 2024 over 150 or 160 million dollars uh committed to six players and even if you keep restructuring and, and moving stuff around that just kind of maybe ties you to players in their thirties and mid thirties that you don't want to necessarily be tied to for 20, $25 million. So, um, that's one of the things that less need is that's, you know, that's such a huge issue for the, uh, the front office, Tony past I need to make sure to keep mentioning his name as the uh, commenters have been reminding me to keep mentioning uh, that it's Tony Pastores who who has to do this work and has done a great job so far of know keeping the rams afloat through all this uh stuff um but speaking of uh you know building rebuilding planning A lot of the other teams in the NFC seem to be uh, more in a rebuilding stage. It seems, Um, and the contenders. I mean, you've got 45-year-old Tom Brady, you've got 39-year-old Aaron Rodgers. uh, You know, you've got the the Cowboys who are are so schizophrenic in terms of winning and losing. You know, you never just know what's going to happen with the Cowboys. Uh, Briefly, before we start looking uh, more closely at these teams, JB, uh, how what do you see any big changes happening? uh in the NFC, a power uh rising up from these ashes that the Rams really have to be concerned about? Or if the Rams keep you know all their P's and Q's in line, should they just walk right to the Super Bowl?
0: Sure. You have no idea what you're gonna get out of the division rival 49ers. Probably it can be extremely high end and we could have outcomes similar to Patrick Mahomes in Kansas City with okay. Trey Lance. Or um maybe he's not quite ready. Maybe he's not exactly what the 49ers thought they were. That's really a stark difference between what the Rams got by trading for a veteran like Matthew Stafford, mostly a known commodity. You know what his floor is. You know what his ceiling could be, but Trey Lance, we have no idea. It's a a wide range of outcomes. Um, Could be great for the Rams. Could be terrible. Maybe Trey Lance is a pain in their backside for years and years and years, but also another team that has me a little bit worried is Kevin O'Connell and the Minnesota Vikings. They start retooling kind of – uh, at first, I was a little worried. It reminded me of the Atlanta Falcons last year, how bad ro- a roster in bad shape. They could have maybe re- unloaded Matt Ryan and got some draft assets there, and said so they kind of doubled down and built around Arthur Smith. Didn't work out, and now they're turning it down this year. But really, the Vikings—they've acquired quite a bit of talent. Mm. And Kirk Cousins, we know he's going to give you possibly a top ten quarterback performance, maybe in clutch time, uh, crunch time. He doesn't get it done, but they're going to make it interesting. I think they have the receiver talent. They have some pass rushers now um, They are really, they just need bodies at corner, but if they can get solid seasons out of some players, um, they can really uh, give the Rams some trouble. And we saw the Rams and Vikings game last year was pretty close, but you know Matthew Savard had one of his, uh, mo- like not one of his better games for the season for sure. So maybe you get their best on best, who knows what's going to happen, but definitely with the Packers uh, looking deteriorated this so far, maybe they're going to reload in the draft, but things are looking promising for the Vikings for sure.
1: Yeah, just looking at uh, some of the players they added last year in the draft, you've got Christian Derrissaw. Offensive line has been a big issue for the Vikings, so maybe if uh, Derrissaw takes a step forward. uh, And then uh, other names as well. But the uh, Vikings is uh, interesting. Let me ask you this. Would you say that you think um, between these two quarterbacks, who do you think is uh, in a better position Generally speaking, um, as a quarterback to win games and, and finally get wins in the playoffs, Kirk Cousins or Derek Carr?
0: Well, you're asking one of the bigger Derek Carr fans. Uh, <laughs> Devonte Adams and Darren Waller. Yeah. Uh, just think about what Derek Carr went through last year and the amount of adversity he went through to take his team to the playoffs. Lost his head coach. Darren Waller missed quite a bit of time. Lost some of his best receivers and Henry Ruggs. And really, he was thrown to nobody and still got the job done. Zay Mm -hmm. Jones, who was on the brink of being out of the NFL was one of their better wide receivers. Brian Edwards, something you never heard of. So, uh, (laughs) definitely big Derek Carr fan. I think he's, uh, things are trending in the right direction for him. And I'm pretty happy about that. So feels good.
1: Yeah, it's going to be very interesting in the AFC West, which is uh, fitting, actually, because the Rams will play against the AFC West next year, Um, and that's going to be an interesting division. So looking at the Rams and some of their opponents, uh, AFC West, you've got the Broncos, the Chiefs, you've got the Chargers, and you've got the Raiders. You've got, as you said, the improved uh, Raiders offense with Devontae Adams, going out there, Josh McDaniels getting his second chance to, uh, turn into, you know, a good head coach, I guess. Um, you've got the Broncos adding Russell Wilson and Nathaniel Hackett, the head coach, uh, who was the offensive coordinator for the Packers. Um, you've got the chiefs as always the chiefs. And then you've got the chargers with uh, former Rams defensive coordinator, Brandon Staley and and Justin Herbert, you know, who's just, uh, someone who I'm not at all surprised to see succeeding at the level that he's been succeeding at. And I think uh, I, when he was going into his rookie season, I said he would win an MVP within the first five years and he could do it, you know, this year, he could do it this year. uh, Especially if the Chargers win that division. So the Rams have to play all of these teams. Uh, JB, how would you, uh, are any of those teams finishing worse than eight and nine?
0: Yeah, I mean, what are the Chiefs doing? The Rams are collecting special players, and these, the you call them maybe chess pieces where Jalen Ramsey takes on, he can take a, your best wide receiver away. He can take away a whole side of the field. Um, those, maybe it takes two people to block Aaron Donald on a given play. Um, definitely when you have someone like Tyreek Hill, it requires, you know, maybe you're bracketing coverage against him, using multiple defenders to take him away, and you really have to scheme around him. So that's something the that Chiefs struggled with last year is when teams started to scheme against Tyreek Hill. They really didn't have a second option. Travis Kelsey is pretty good, but um, they really – they were missing the loss of Sammy Watkins. And instead of counterpunching, for some reason, their solution was to trade away the chess piece. Mm. And while the Rams are collecting special players, the Chiefs are getting rid of them. And I think that's going to be a tough loss for them. I, I'm not sure I'm on board with that. But they could also make me look pretty silly uh, in August and September and moving forward. But uh, I think they, that's a move they're going to regret, certainly whenever they're just clearing cast base to key guys like Frank Clark, Joe Tooney, um, they're not special players like Tyreek Hill.
1: Very true. And what do you think of the other three?
0: Yeah, maybe not as high on the chargers. Definitely. I think Brandon Staley out of all the bright young Sean McVay head coaches defense is obviously the most volatile side of the football. Um, If you have a good offensive staff, maybe they're going to leave for other coaching positions and, uh, it might be hard for him to build the longest sustaining winner out of all the, you know, the Zach Taylors and the Kevin O'Connells of the world. So, and also Justin Herbert, I understand we're anointing him. He, we think he's a top mm-hmm. five quarterback in the NFL, but if he was so good, why couldn't he get the job done at the end of the season and get them into the playoffs over a uh, middling Derek Carr and the Raiders, you know?
1: <laughs> well, you know, I think, uh, I dare not blame the sweetest man in the world, Justin Herbert, for uh, the the Chargers. And may I say, with all due respect, Brandon Staley's fault. (laughs) So, uh, you know, to all due respect, to a very smart defensive mind and someone who did a great job with the Rams, uh, I think – squarely the fault of not making the playoffs has to go on to brandon staley and what i love about brandon staley is that he wouldn't i think disagree with me but certainly uh, you're right justin herbert needs to step up and be a you know he needs to take the next level you know i thought i'm not surprised by the production but yeah he needs to go to the next level in terms of uh what you just said um and whether or not the raiders and the broncos i don't know that necessarily i saw russell wilson as the difference maker For the broncos than on the same level anywhere near matthew stafford and the rams i don't think that the broncos were nearly as close as the rams were and uh i don't know that uh russell wilson's getting nearly the offensive upgrades in, in Denver that he had in Seattle. So um, there is definitely upgrades, but I just don't see if it's like, and it's not going to be like Cooper Cup. I don't see any Cooper Cups over there, uh, but we'll see what happens with, and maybe the, the Broncos will continue to make a trade or something like that. Uh, sticking over to the NFC, um, the Rams will also play against the NFC South, which has had a lot of turmoil uh, this off season and, and change and, and then not change. Um, what's your take? on the NFC South uh, will any of those teams other than the bucks have a winning record? You've got the Panthers so far still sticking with Sam Darnold and Matt rule. Uh, you've got the Falcons who traded Matt Ryan and they've, they're going with Marcus Mariota and, and nobody talked about how bad Arthur Smith's first season went. So we'll see, uh, how that goes in year two. And then you've got the saints who lose, uh, Sean Payton, uh, but apparently feel pretty good about, you know, they've, they don't have a lot of change as you know, Dennis Allen's been there forever. Pete Carmichael's been there forever and so you know see and then they retain james winston but you know the the saints made a trade today as well i don't think that you know i see a lot of people having takes on the trade but i just don't see that there's any take to be had both teams just had different draft position and financial needs and they moved some stuff around so uh that's something that happened today um are is it possible that the bucks don't win that division
0: you know, barring significant injuries probably not uh I guess we do forget the Panthers went on quite the hot start last year and things really, the wheels came off when Sam Darnold, you know, he fell apart for the most part. So maybe they can get a quarterback in the draft. Jimmy Garoppolo probably doesn't move the needle much if that's what their option is. Baker Mayfield, I think there's reason to be optimistic there. So that's definitely, if your options are Baker Mayfield or Jimmy Garoppolo, that I think that's who I'd lean towards. But, and with the Saints, they've just been so good for so long, racked up the wins and uh, they've won as many games as Sean McVay has with the Rams, if you go back to so many years. But they're just—it's uh, hard to see them really competing. Uh, so, barring injury, I think the Buccaneers—they're going to have a cakewalk, and they're going to be in the playoffs, and they're going to be a form- formidable team uh, for the NFC Championship race for sure.
1: And let me let's do this with every uh, division. Let's do this. Uh, do the Rams have a better defense than any team in the NFC South? Or every team in the FC South?
0: I'd probably go every team. The Buccaneers and Panthers are probably up there, but uh, definitely I think you have the star corner and you have the pass rush maybe the Buccaneers don't offer. Not a huge fan of Jason Pierre-Paul, something like that.
1: And do you think the one, uh, the first Super Bowl win, despite the erratic, you know, erraticness uh, of uh, erratic nature of Matthew Stafford. We know that Tom Brady is Tom Brady, but uh, the Rams, do they have a better quarterback than any team in the NFC South?
0: Yeah, definitely would take Tom Brady, uh, just the consistent tried and true. But, you know, the Rams did, uh, that game wasn't even close until we have the Cam maker fumbles and everything else. So uh, the Rams really have beat the bucks in recent games and you, you it'd be hard not to favor them there. So.
1: And let's do that with the AFC West uh, defense quarterback. Where do the Rams, do you think, rank defensively in the AFC West?
0: Probably would take the Broncos. Um, uh, I know Patrick Sertan, he's an emerging player. Definitely they have the pass rush, too. Um, yeah, they have a lot to build around with Russell Wilson. It's not just on the offensive side of the football, I think. But also the Raiders of Max Crosby, and now they have Chandler Jones. That pass rush is a, is a – it's a very important aspect of stopping the quarterback. And that's really mm-hmm. what the modern NFL is tailored towards. So pass rush always gives you a chance. You know, that's how we saw the undefeated Tom Brady and the Patriots fall to someone like the New York giants with Michael Strahan and OCU menorah back in the day.
1: Yeah. It's going to be really interesting to see the, the Raiders, you know, I mean, they're the Raiders. So it's like, are they going to, you know, them sucking does not, would not be, it would just not be surprising They're the Raiders and, and people would be rooting for part of it too, because they like, hating Josh McDaniel. So it's like, uh, it, there's that. And the other hand, if the Raiders win 15 games, I'd almost not be surprised because you go, well, they did put in all this effort. And, you know, sometimes, you just, you know, to win 15 games, any team has to get lucky. So maybe they also just get lucky a few extra times. And then are also just a very good team. They have the solid parts there, as you mentioned, um, adding and seemingly making better additions. I don't know how I feel about giving all that up for Devonte adams you know that's that's a lot to sort of make this dream connection happen from fresno state but it's uh at, for a guy who's 29 30 years old but um it's very interesting to watch and uh that's something that the rams you know we'll get a close up here as i said in the uh afc west if we go up even further to the nfc north um, you've got Aaron Rodgers. You mentioned the Vikings. Um, how much worse do you think the Packers are without Devontae Adams and without Aaron Rodgers having um a Devontae Adams?
0: Sure. I mean, can you really answer that question? You assume they have a plan, right? That they're they acquired all these draft picks. That has to be their plan going to the draft is just getting getting weapons and getting pass catchers for Aaron Rodgers. And really that might not might not make them dangerous in 2022, but definitely moving forward as those guys age and develop that build a rapport with Rogers that that's going to be hard to stop eventually possibly. Obviously right now we don't have the answer, but yeah. (laughs) And then the Vikings receivers are probably the, the best core in the, in the NFL right now.
1: Yeah. And so How do you feel about uh, some former Rams over there with the Lions? You know, you've got Jared Goff, you've got Michael Brockers, you've got Brad Holmes. um, You've got a, a, a very strong Rams contingent going on in Detroit. And also they started to look decent in the final six games or so of the season last year. Jared Goff may be doing enough to you know, earn another season as the starter there, uh, or maybe a starter somewhere else if the Lions choose to draft a quarterback or or go in a different direction. Um, But what are your thoughts on maybe the Lions being a surprise team?
0: Yeah, definitely think Jared Goff earned that second season as a starter towards the end of the year. And really, once they acquired Josh Reynolds off waivers, remember the Rams put in a claim for him and the Lions had higher priority. Once they ousted Anthony Lynn, who's now in the division with the Rams with the 49ers, they really took off, so um, it's it definitely you have to be encouraged with what they've put on paper. And I think they just need to co- continue to acquire weapons. Uh, I think they signed DJ Chark, right? That's a good downfield threat. And really forget that. I mean, Jer- we say Jared Goff can't push the ball down the field, but he did just fine with Brandon Cooks when he when they were, were combined back in 2018 with the Super Bowl. Um, really, the, he struggled with the Rams whenever they lost that deep threat, and. Yeah, hopefully the Lions they can push the ball down the field and he can earn another year as a starter. But definitely think you should be optimistic and maybe with the Packers descending, the Lions can you know they wild card potential for sure there. I think.
1: Yeah, I'm looking here, uh, trying to. I'm doing a horrible job of navigating the <laughs> website. <laughs> um, looking at the Lions, it's, just a, it's a refresh myself here. You know, offensive line maybe one of the best. In the NFC, if not the NFL. You've got Frank Ragno, one of the top maybe three centers in the NFL. You've got Penay Sewell. From last year of course you've got taylor decker a very solid left tackle um and i think jonah jackson and halavala Vitai are, are pretty good guards and then uh you know that's one of the things that you can kind of expect with dan campbell and brad holmes i think is to build up that offensive line so you've got to, if you've got such a strong offensive line if you do are able to funnel an offense through a deandre swift having uh you know a very fantastic you know i think he's got that ceiling to be one of the best running backs in the nfl as soon as obviously with running backs it's always not just like as soon as next season it's like the front of us, it's like it better be next season because you don't know if there's going to be a season after that um, but the Lions also added DJ Chark um, and defensively you know probably where there's more work to be do, done don't know what the status really is of Jeffrey Akuda, the number three pick from only two years ago and if he's going to you know sort of reach that uh, potential that so many people thought that he had and feel st- stay healthy and you know what's going to go on there but certainly uh with the nfc landscape changing as it has been uh the lions could grab one of those wild card spots you know got seven playoff teams so that means nine teams don't make the playoffs almost 50 percent of the league makes the playoffs now so it's not as uh much of a stretch we're looking now here at the uh so i would say in the nfc north uh jb we're looking at Aaron Rodgers. I think is going to take the cake for all, for each of us in terms of being the best quarterback, maybe uh, if he were in the NFC West, Um, but Matthew Stafford versus Kirk Cousins, Justin Fields, Jared Goff seems like maybe that would be an easier decision. Am I right?
0: Yeah. I mean, definitely Matthew Stafford, Kirk Cousins. I think they're in a similar territory. Where they diverge, of course, is crunch time. We've seen Matthew Stafford turn into a completely different human being, and he was absolutely absurd in the playoffs. You know, when the game was tied, uh, seconds winding down on the clock, he hits Cooper Cup deep with the game-winning field goal. Set that up. And, of course, in the Super Bowl, they needed to score uh, to take the lead. He got the job done. That was one of the greatest comebacks. No no look pass. It was all there. Um, But, really, Kirk Cousins hasn't had those moments so far in his career, and he's a good quarterback you know, first through third quarter, uh, not outside of primetime games, of course, too. Um, but just if you take all their passes and you add them up and you watch them in isolation, you could but like potentially get to the path where Kirk Cousins is a superior quarterback, but that's not really how games are won in the NFL, of course. And <laughs> that's, that's a, probably why, yeah, Matthew Stafford gets the nod there.
1: Yeah, that's a great point. You know, I think um, there's just something, you know, about that moment, because I think like we never really um, – calculate the pressure of you know playing in the nfl at the most uh, scrutinized position at the most scrutinized times and matthew stafford is just it's it's scary i mean he's probably at that point of like really being a sociopath because you know it's like he's got no uh you know he's got no he's got total chill in at the most pivotal moments of the game when everyone's watching and when everyone if he could check Twitter, he would be appalled at all the people saying like negative things about Matthew Stafford after three quarters. But doesn't matter. None of that stuff seems to matter to him. Goes out there, and as much as he can make a mistake, um, like you said, he can also. It's it's like it just doesn't matter to him. You know, having those mistakes just don't matter to him. Go out there and throw four interceptions as long as he wins the game. And I think that's that's what you need in a quarterback, although you don't need the four picks, of course, either. Um, that's that's still pretty – I think he was pretty good with the football, relatively speaking, this year. And looking around at the league, 15 interceptions, pretty, you know, common. I mean, at this point, like anything around there, Tom Brady, anybody almost – is uh, throwing these picks. And I think you cannot be risk averse in the NFL anymore. You got to go for it. You got to take your shots. You got to take your chances. You got to have those guys downfield who you trust, like Cooper Cup and Odell Beckham Jr. And for the Bengals, you know, Jamar Chase and uh, Tyler Boyd and T. Higgins and all this, you know, you got to have those guys downfield. And you also got to take those shots and you got to have trust and you got to have faith. And sometimes it's going to go poorly. Um, but for the Rams and Stafford last year, more often than not, it didn't. Uh, let's take a look at the NFC East uh, then. Well, defense for the Rams, and we're trying to get into this mode of thinking if the Rams might have a top five defense this season. Um... In the NFC North, you've got the Packers. Pretty solid defense so far under Matt LaFleur every year. Uh, you've got some great players out there like Jair Alexander and Kenny Clark. You mentioned the Vikings and their strengths on defense. Uh, they ended up so far keeping Daniil Hunter, uh, and so like they didn't lose that very major piece to their defense. He needs to stay healthy, though. The Lions, I mentioned, they're kind of middling still unless they go out there and prove it. And, you know, A lot of these players just need to go out there and prove it. And uh, then you got the Bears, who classically would you think, you know, classically a Bears defense is good, but yeah, the Bears got a lot of, I think, issues right now. And we'll see what what happens and maybe what you think there. But do the Rams have a better defense than all the teams in the North?
0: Yeah, Vikings have improved certainly. Zadaria Smith goes across town. Uh, Someone you didn't mention for the Packers is Rashawn Gary. Uh, Uh, He really had a great game against the Rams when they played the middle of the season last year. So, uh, had a big sack on Andrew Whitworth, I believe, if I remember correctly. So um, whenever you have pass rush and you have the coverage players like Jair Alexander and yeah, they have other guys too. Darnell Savage in the back end. whenever you have those in tandem, it, it makes you a dangerous defense. You can have good days. You can have bad days. It's all a matter of who shows up and who wins a football game. So.
1: Yeah. Very good uh, points there on the, on the, on the Packers and, and, and the Vikings as well, you know, Definitely every team, you know, I remember that was Sean Gary pick and people being really down on it in the first round and thinking like this is a reach, this is a reach and uh, hasn't been a reach. Um, uh, Finally, the NFC East always the big question mark of all the divisions, I think. You think that they've got good teams. You think that they've got terrible teams. The good teams are terrible. The terrible teams win Super Bowls. It's like all over the map, it seems, with the NFC East. So as easy as it is to sit here and look at it and go like, well, the Cowboys have a lot of talent, and they've added this guy and that guy. They won the division last year. No team seems to win the NFC East back-to-back ever. Uh, And if the Giants win the division next year, I don't think anybody would be surprised, even though it's the Giants and it's Daniel Jones and everything like that. Uh, Washington adds Carson Wentz. The Eagles uh, have stuck so far with Jalen Hurts. Um, looking at the NFC East, do you see a potential Super Bowl winner coming out of this division?
0: It's hard to say, certainly. Um, defense is volatile. That's something I really believe in. And so Washington, two years ago, they had a vaunted defense. It, on paper, it looked the same coming into 2021, but it just fell apart. So definitely you can expect Perhaps a bounce back year. Um, maybe they get more production on offense, and now they're a playoff contender that we're talking about. Dallas, if you subscribe to the notion that you know Dak Prescott is this borderline top ten quarterback, why would you ever want to see him without top notch playmakers? You trade Amari Cooper away. I understand the salary cap constraints, but really don't get a huge return for him there. Uh, it's you. Won't, we wonder what they're doing. I understand Ezekiel Elliott was an important player for them, but really at this point. He's kind of keeping them from making complimentary moves on offense as well. So, uh, it's hard to see a real Super Bowl contender coming out of this division. You really have no idea what you have in Daniel Jones. I wouldn't even, uh I wouldn't be too down on him. He was playing pretty well last year and they, you know, they signed Kenny Galladay. He doesn't really make much of an impact. He was hurt and they have a pretty good wide receiver core, but they, they just weren't on the field all at the same time. So, um, uh, it, it's going to be a competitive division really any team can win in any given year that's kind of how it seems with those guys and but really are they going to push the rams are they going to push the bucks or the vikings and packers probably not but uh it's going to be an interesting race they really get a lot of the media coverage and they're going to be one of the teams we talk about most of, for most of the time so
1: you know you've been talking about a lot of these uh, great defensive players out there in the nfl and uh with Washington, you know, that's all they've been focused on many years. And Ron Rivera, you know, known for having some great defenses. And uh, you've got year after year adding guys like Chase Young and Deron Payne and Jonathan Allen. And, you know, the dream was to have this front seven that nobody could stop. And, and you know, is this possibly uh, a year where Washington could come out and have a number, you know, maybe even a number one defense? Uh, is, is the ceiling that good for Washington? Or uh, how do you see maybe that team fitting in defensively
0: yeah I think it's possible that Washington can really take a step forward that's kind of how things work in the NFL is as soon as you uh count a team out because they had a down year they bounce right back and they're they're a force so Chase Young he can wreck games he can have a defensive player of the year type campaign and I don't think anyone would be surprised and that's really all it takes to turn things around that's a it's a league of parity right so
1: yeah, and uh, definitely, I think they could be a sleeping giant defensively. Uh, Carson Wentz and the ceiling offensively is another story. Maybe um, <laughs> uh, the Eagles never—you never count out the Eagles. Uh, you know, nine and eight last year. You just can't count them out for some goddamn reason. You know, nobody ever really knows why, but sometimes they just go and win a bunch of games, and maybe the Super Bowl. And so we'll see um, maybe what the Eagles do, uh, defensively, where would you rank the Rams defense? You think in the NFC East?
0: Yeah. I mean, they're probably the best. They have the most star players and not just in terms of rushing the passer, but also in coverage. So maybe that's where Washington's lacking a bit. They might have the ability to stop the run. They might have the pass rush, but they don't have the star players in the secondary, the Jalen Ramsey's, the Jordan Fuller's that the Rams have in place. So Maybe if the second corner is a concern for the Rams, maybe a team could sneak in, but definitely think Washington's on top there.
1: Yeah, and um, quarterbacks, how do you rank the uh, quarterbacks?
0: Yeah, I think I'd take Matthew Safford over all of those guys. So, But also, you don't know you have him, Daniel Jones. I wouldn't be surprised if uh, he makes a believer out of people this year, certainly with you know Brian Dabble and uh, yeah. what he's done for uh, Josh Allen, of course.
1: Uh, let me uh, take a quick look here. And share my screen again for the defenses. Uh, I wish I could pull up some better advanced stats. I don't have, uh, sorry guys, I don't have the advanced uh, login stats right here, right now. But this is a good uh, maybe baseline to start looking at teams that didn't allow a lot of points last year. And then, you, you know, we can use our own common sense and opinions and, and now knowledge about these specific teams. I forgot that the bills had the number one scoring defense. I would have not guessed that last year and the bills go out there and, and add Von Miller, of course, the Patriots and bill Belichick are always going to be in the conversation. As you mentioned, the Broncos, Uh, Not surprising to see them allow a few, you know, not a lot of points last year, although they did uh, fire Vic Fangio. So there are changes happening. Uh, The Saints also making a change uh, at head coach, um, although one that was under different circumstances. And I think the Saints Certainly, uh, could be one of those sleeping giant underrated, uh, defensive teams, um, next season. You talked about the Buccaneers, um, the Titans. I think that's one that maybe people have a harder time seeing happen two years in a row. Maybe, I guess, uh, that's just my guess. Same with the Cowboys, the chiefs. And this is where all of a sudden I think the defenses can go almost any other way. You can go way up or way down, you know, the 49ers, a lot of these teams could go either way. Um, but the rams you know in terms of points allowed you know just 15th last year and points allowed again very rudimentary way to, to measure defense but i think anybody watching the rams last year uh week after week could agree that uh the defense had some work to do and you know certainly changed when von miller arrived and um uh and now von miller's gone and bobby wagner comes in and steps in for troy reader which is a monumental difference um, um I, I you know I think Bobby Wagner is an interesting addition. He's not the player that he was, you know, maybe four, even, you know, maybe even two years ago, three, you know, if you're not, definitely not five years ago, um, but um, maybe uh, with a change of scenery and a new defensive coordinator, he could be a very, you know, uh, an all pro type inside linebacker again uh, for a year or two. Um, And that's how long the Rams will be pretty much committed to him uh maybe just one year maybe two we'll see if there's anything beyond that but jb as uh we look here again and just sort of briefly uh see some of these teams here defensively again um where do you think the rams at this point would fall in for you um for the nfc are they a top three defense in the nfc which teams do you see maybe ahead of the rams if any
0: I think if we're just going off st- scoring totals for last year, of course, the offense did put them in some bad situations, some unfavorable situations where it kind of became not routine, but frequent for Rams to be backed up maybe on the 20 yard line and Matthew Stafford turned the ball over, put them in really, that's a hard thing for your defense to ask uh, for them to overcome early, especially early in games. Um, so maybe that's a reason for it, but also, the defense of the second half of the season much better than the first half and especially into the playoffs so once that pass rusher got going and working in tandem with the coverage uh they were they're formidable they're hard to they're hard to get yardage on hard to score points on so definitely like the packers defense definitely think the vikings have made moves to both they need coverage players you can never have too many of course rushing the passer is going to be great for them and you know the 49ers they have a pretty good defense i don't think we've talked about them much but Um, You have Samson Ebukam, you have uh, Nick Bosa, of course, and they have coverage guys too. So uh, they've given the Rams their fair share of troubles. And maybe, you know, you have Joseph Noteboom, his first year as a full starter. um, Definitely their edge rushers could cause you problems too, more than uh, maybe Andrew Whitworth Whitworth, wasn't a problem so much.
1: Yeah, you know, we didn't talk uh, about yeah, we didn't talk about the NFC West really at all. Um, because I think it's a given that the Rams are the favorites, but definitely not a given that they will beat out the 49ers, I would say, right? Like if you if you had to pick any team in the entire conference that would be the biggest problem, it would be those 49ers, um, especially if Trey Lance if you were to just get you know, like Lamar Jackson's uh, initial season and a half with the Ravens, it's not that outlandish. You know, to think that that the Forty ers could do something similar with with Trey Lance. So, uh, you would would you say that this is maybe the most formidable opponent opponent that the the Rams could have in the entire conference?
0: Sure, everything that gave the Rams problems is still there. Uh, their ability to stay committed to the run, they have a lot of room for error just because they're going to keep it close. They're going to shorten the clock. Maybe his floor is someone like a Jalen Hurts or the early Lamar. And of course there's a ceiling for so much more, especially how great that scheme is that there's going to be plays to be made. So like they have, they're very great. The Shanahan offense at scheming separation up four receivers for those big plays. So if he can make, get production on the ground, move the chains and in tandem with the zone running scheme, um, they're going to have a, a pretty high base level of production there anyways. But when those things really emerge and come together and you get the explosive plays off of that, that's going to really take them to the next level. And that's something they didn't have before, but really, I think his floor is probably the Jalen hurts early Lamar level. And there's the possibility and there's the potential for so much more.
1: Yeah. I mean, you're talking about an offense that also has Debo Samuel and George Kittle and just those two guys. I mean, if you held a vote today, I think Devo Samuel might be the NFL fans like favorite receiver and George Kittle probably would be the number one, you know, still number one tight end in the NFL. And if if Trey Lance is a, is the 14th best quarterback in the NFL next season, that's going to be really dangerous. Um, that's also a pretty high ceiling. I mean, that's a pretty high expectation. I think Trey Lance didn't play very much college football, which I still can't believe. Um, but it's uh that's got to be the the opponent to, to think about now. Last year, going into last year, we were saying the Seahawks would be a team to to be worried about, and that the Cardinals would. un, un- you know it was unanimous Cardinals fourth place team, and that wasn't the case. Um, are we sleeping on the Cardinals, uh, assuming that Kyler Murray returns?
0: That's going to be a no for me. I think <laughs> something <laughs> something of course you know the homerism, but. Something that in hindsight they made the push to sign J.J. Watt a year ago, and maybe it came at the cost of Chandler Jones and Hassan Reddick this off because maybe you couldn't afford all three. Maybe you could have had Jones, you could have had Reddick instead of this aging J.J. Watt. You're not really sure what he had. He obviously missed most of the regular season, came back for the playoff game against the Rams in the wild card round, and you know that one was never close from the very beginning. So um, he's a declining, aging player. Chandler Jones, he's not exactly spring chicken, of course, but you just wonder in hindsight uh, if the opportunity cost was there to make that move and what the trade off is and the after effects that's going to uh, affect the team this time around
1: now would you, so at the end here would we say that Matthew Stafford after Aaron Rodgers and Tom Brady is the third best quarterback in the NFC
0: probably probably not uh, i don't uh, i mean well, well,
1: who 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 else is uh, competing for that third spot sure.
0: Sure, I'm not the biggest Matthew Stafford fan, and that's probably not fair. But um definitely Kirk Cousins probably is in the same ballpark as Matthew Stafford, as we talked about, just the diverge, the divergent in the clutch time situations. Um, could we, you want to pull up the like depth chart possibly? Absolutely. Absolutely. Sure.
1: Yeah, let's do that. Yeah, here are the uh, all the quarterbacks in um the NFC and uh, the NFL. Um, I'll just go th- this way. Uh, all the quarterbacks out here, you got in the NFC East, you're gonna have Dak Prescott, Carson Wentz. Um, I don't know why this, I, I don't have
0: <laughs> dial up, <Okay. laughs> I
1: don't know why it's so slow. <laughs> I did not downgrade to dial up, but uh, okay, yeah, you've got uh. Carson Wentz, uh, Dak Prescott, Daniel Jones, Jalen Hurts. You've got Justin Fields, Jared Goff, Aaron Rodgers, Kirk Cousins, Marcus Mariota, Sam Darnold, Jameis Winston, Tom Brady, Kyler Murray, Matthew Stafford, Jimmy Garoppolo, Trey Lance, uh, and then Drew Locke in the uh, wow. Seahawks.
0: You could really call that a brain drain, the amount of talent that's been lost to the AFC. That's, yep. <laughs> that, if you put that up next to last year, That that's a pretty stark comparison. But yeah, definitely, I think I'd throw Kirk Cousins into the equation. Kyler... Falls somewhere in there, Dak. Same. It's really any given year. There are those borderline top 10 quarterbacks. You might get a promising performance out of them. Uh, there's going to be some volatility there, but depending on their supporting cast, and maybe they're they rank 15th, maybe they're you know, sixth, seventh the next year. So, and that might be enough for you to win a championship, depending on the construction of your roster at the time, depending on injuries. But uh, all four of those guys can probably get the job done. So yeah. Matthew Stafford, I think it's probably safe to say at this point, he's the third best quarterback in the NFC just based off what they were able to accomplish last year. And their are the best team in the NFL. So they're not at this point.
1: Yeah. I mean, if you are sort of like in that same tier as Dak Prescott and Kirk cousins, um, and Kyler Murray, if, if you're in that tier, but you're the only one that has, um, won a playoff game or, you know, and especially won a Super Bowl, um, then at least you've got that proof on your resume, right? You got that proof that says like, I didn't, I didn't uh, fold in the playoffs. You know, I didn't fold in the super bowl. Um, And so it doesn't change the talent, maybe level, like you're talking about. It's just that he's got it on his resume. And so that gives him the nod maybe in there. But if we go over to the AFC, you mentioned all the talent over there. I wonder where would we rank Matthew Stafford among the AFC quarterbacks only? Uh, You've got Patrick Mahomes, Derek Carr, Justin Herbert, Russell Wilson. You've got Ryan Tannehill, Trevor Lawrence, Matt Ryan, and then Davis Mills. Uh, You've got Mitchell Trubisky, Deshaun Watson, Joe Burrow, Lamar Jackson, Zach Wilson, Mac Jones, Tua, and Josh Allen. Much harder uh, competition here for the top three quarterbacks. Uh, Any uh, initial feelings here where you would place Matthew Stafford?
0: Yeah, I mean, it's hard to take him over any of the AFC West quarterbacks, probably. Maybe Derek Carr, you can exchange those out. But there's a possibility that if you you had to put Matthew Stafford in the AFC West, he wouldn't even be a starter, perhaps. But, (laughs) um, of course, you take those guys out, you take out the stars, like Deshaun Watson, Joe Burrow, Lamar, I think you take – well, Lamar had a down year, of course. But you know the upside is there, that he could have that MVP-type season. Um, Really not out of the equation for him. But, really, we're expecting big things from Joe Burrow. Uh, they came out of nowhere this year and really you should just expect more of the same from him and Josh Allen probably up there in the equation for the best quarterback in the NFL at this point in time. So yeah, it's, Very true. It, it, it's hard to fit Matthew Stafford in, but uh, to his credit, he's been there. He's done that. And uh, wow. That's a, that's a gauntlet for sure. That's, that's scary. I'm glad we're on the other side of that equation.
1: <laughs> yeah. I mean, if, if you were Matthew Stafford, let's just say for arguments sake, he got traded for the dolphins right now, I mean, you'd be sitting in a division where you know that Josh Allen is, like you're saying, getting that QB one credit right now. Maybe the you know a lot of people seeing him as a, as an MVP, and uh, he can do it all. It seems, um, and you'd be staring up at him. I'm a huge Zach Wilson fan personally, but I do think like one of the things that's interesting too here is like again, it's not just that the NFC has bad worse quarterbacks. It's that when I look at the quarterbacks over here, the bad quarterbacks like Zach Wilson, Tua, uh, uh, Trevor Lawrence, I'm thinking we'll give him some time. You know, I'm not a big Tua guy, but at the same time, I, Tua probably has more upside than any starting quarterback in the NFC who's you know under 26 or 27. You know, you're not taking Sam Darnold. You're not taking James Winston. I don't see any more upside coming out of Marcus Mariota. I don't see anything coming out of Drew Locke. Other than Trey Lance, uh, there's like not a lot here. I mean, I, I don't believe that Jalen Hurts will you know, as you were saying, Daniel Jones, maybe, you know, but we'll see how Brian Dable. speaking of Josh Allen, you know, we'll see what they can do with Daniel Jones. Certainly the Giants invested in their weapons last year. They've got a couple of first round picks this year. We'll see if they use both of those, but yeah, I, I could see, uh, there's that equation to it, but it's just like, if you're Matthew Stafford, yeah. And you were to go take over, uh, in Miami, you'd have this, this tough division with, two guys on the upside with mac jones and zach wilson and then josh allen um and then if you were to go to the afc north you'd be looking at lamar jackson and we'll see you know sort of which direction his career and his contract goes uh of course joe burrow now all of a sudden deshaun watson's there if you were to take over the steelers job you don't know if you're not qb four in that division all of a sudden if you go to the afc south Probably the best quarterback in the AFC South right now, uh, I would say Matthew Stafford. But I'd be pretty worried about the Trevor Lawrence, you know, surpassing you. Um, and, you know, competency from Ryan Tannehill is certainly uh, possible. And then you were, you mentioned the AFC West. So I think in the NFC, we really talked about, for the most part, a situation where uh, the Rams could have a top three defense and a top three quarterback this upcoming season, if all things go right. Uh, and if things go well, I don't think it's that outlandish to be a top five quarterback and a definitely a top five, uh, defense. And, and that's enough maybe to get the number one seed. doesn't guarantee anything. You know, the Rams weren't the number one seed last year. The bucks weren't the number one seed the year before that. They were both uh, they both had to win four games to get into uh, hold on to that Lombardi trophy. So it's not all things, but it does seem like the Rams are very well set up for this upcoming season. And and that's as far as, you know, less need ever really looks ahead. And, and so far, it's, it's panning out. So we'll see how that goes so far. Um, last words here, uh, JB, do you think after our. Uh, touching base with the Rams and the rest of the NFL. Would you say you feel um, more optimistic about the Rams chances of repeating about the same less optimistic?
0: Well, once you're in the tournament, anything can happen really, really right? So if you're a tie seed and you have the buy that really, you know, the odds are in your favor, just because it's hard to put those four games together in a row injuries happen. The ball, it's an oblong shape, you know, it bounces the wrong way from time to time. So, uh, anything can happen once you're in the tournament um but well once you put them side by side uh they, the nfc has lost some premier quarterback talent and the rams will be in in the conversation certainly and i wonder how much that approaches the less need team build this offseason is maybe you don't need to gear up maybe you don't need to acquire those premier players you can save the draft capital or maybe roll over some cap space in next year um Maybe you're fine running into the season with Justin Hollins and Terrell Lewis, hoping one of those guys, maybe Chris Garrett, emerges as your edge rusher. Maybe you want to bat- bounce back here from David Long or what Robert Rochelle has available for you. So maybe you're more willing to take that risk than you know spending that, that premier draft capital and cap space to go acquire a star player or maybe sign a free agent now that's going to cost you a compensatory draft pick later down the road. So, I mean, <laughs> that's it. the path to the playoffs and the path of Super Bowl, uh, it's a lot less daunting than it was a year ago, certainly. Mm-hmm. And that's pretty eye-opening uh, way to look at it. I think what we the exercise we just went through. So,
1: yeah, very true. Very true. Uh, we'll see how it plays out and we'll see how this, these, these draft picks slot in, and then we'll check in again after we find out who these names are, you know, it's so hard to, get too, uh, excited by any potential draftees just because the Rams are so far down the board and it's all who knows what things are going to look like on day three but i think certainly uh looking at the current rams roster as we did today you see a lot of guys that were drafted in 2018 2019 just now starting to get their starting roles situated so whoever the rams draft in 2022 may be talking about them in twenty twenty five and twenty twenty six and so uh that's why we are talking about, you know, David Long and, and how he can get, you know, finally in his groove and maybe, you know, looking a year ago with Robert Rochelle and, and so on. So uh, and Nick Scott, you know, maybe he'll emerge as a, a premier starter for the Rams defense. We'll, we'll find out. Um, but this is Turf Show Times, the podcast. Subscribe on YouTube, subscribe on uh, podcast apps. Go to turfshowtimes.com. Go to twitter.com slash turfshowtimes. Follow us there. Follow us on facebook.com slash turfshowtimes. And uh, we're going to keep doing more of these video podcasts. If you guys want to watch those, uh, it seems to be uh, in vogue for people these days Uh trapped in their homes to well i guess we're not trapped in the homes anymore but uh, during those trapped times a lot of podcasts happen so uh that's going to be the case here with turf show times uh and so that's it for this episode come back next time uh for the next episode when we're talking about probably something more closely related to the draft hopefully